Greetings, friends. It is I, Igor, the master's loyal servant. The master wishes me to tell you that when he is conducting his experiments, stitching corpses together and giving them unholy life, he listens to the Sean Geek podcast, which downloads directly from seanmcginnity.ca. Igor, don't forget to tell him to download it from seanmcginnity.ca. The master wishes me to remind you that he downloads the Sean Geek podcast from seanmcginnity.ca, and so should you. It lives! It lives! Why not? <laughs> um, I want to make sure one thing that I, I used to do in the show before you were on is I used to bank episodes like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I might I, one week I might record five episodes and then, you know, I'm, there might be three, three out of the five that were okay. And I would keep the other two as a, as a backup in case I, you know, we had a bad week with, you know, the kids or school or vacation or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, we're going into December and because of these COVID regulations and changes, and I think there's even a change today. I haven't even looked at it yet that I want to be prepared that my wife is probably going to be working seven days a week. Once things open up, if they do. Right. And when that happens, I'm going to be working and looking after the kids and doing nothing else. I won't have time for editing. I won't have time for any fancy podcast stuff. So, yeah, best to have them. Yep, we're banking. Banking. <laughs> so, uh, in the news this week, have did you you took a did you you took a listen to the uh, the mammoth song? Yes, yes, very very nice song. I I didn't realize you know it, it was uh, it was Wolfgang that was actually singing. So maybe maybe you can. Uh, introduce this thing like what what is it we what what is it we watched and then what was the whole thing well wolfgang i mean when eddie passed um eddie van halen that is eddie van halen yeah everybody was kind of wondering i guess what was going to happen to to wolfie so um he's going to take over the business and whatnot and 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 his music career how that was going to go so he actually recorded a song and um and it's it's out now and it's a, it's really, it's, it's awesome. You know what? I, I, it's, it's different type of music that I would have expected, but it's yeah. really, really good. And uh, tribute to his dad. It's, uh, it's got some footage in there of when he was growing up with his dad and different things that they did together. And I mean, they're, they're definitely musically intertwined, both of them together. And that's, I'm sure that was part of the language that they used other than just, you know, talking, uh, very very nice very nice video so he said that the album is supposed to be coming out at some point so that was just the one song well he was supposed to have the album out uh, in 2018 right but, uh he opted to 
stop working on it uh, because that's when his dad was starting to get sick. So yeah. he stopped everything to, you know, look after his dad. Yeah. So, I mean, the song's called Distance. So if you want to look it up and you'll probably be able to find it pretty easily. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll tag actually, it in the episode for sure. Yeah. He actually had an interview with uh, Howard Stern, actually. I, I saw that clip too, and he was kind of talking to him about it. Yeah. I, I listened to the whole Stern thing today. Yeah. Which was pretty good. So, yeah, if you get a chance, definitely. If you're if you're a Van Halen fan and, and uh, Wolfie, and if you want to know what's, you know, what's been happening um, and what, what he's been up to, it's uh, it's a good interview to go to for sure. I've been so wrapped up with work and everything that I didn't even realize that that was happening. I, I, I really, I want to thank Eric Senich from uh, discovery podcast and also works for the Van Halen news desk that I didn't even know that the single had been released or, or anything. Um, but he, he messaged me to say, Hey, did you hear this yet? <laughs> so thanks Eric, because I yes. totally would have missed it. I'm so yes. wrapped up and insulated from the outside world right now because of, you know, however, however everything is going in Manitoba, I wasn't even aware. So I'm really glad you sent that to us. It was almost like a Christmas gift when you sent a link to me. I went, no, I know. Right. (laughs) The, uh, the full interview on Stern is on YouTube now, which, uh, I highly recommend. I, I can't recommend enough. I'll actually, uh, I'll link it here. Right. Well, what a, what a great interview. Yeah. Like what a great interview! I so maybe let's go back. Let let, let let's go there. <laughs> so, let's go back. Well, what what I I guess I'll put my two cents in. I I think the song is is great. It's brilliant. Uh, intertwining like having the music video with all that footage was was. I think a lot of us that are grieving the loss of Eddie Van Halen, which is a monumental loss to the music industry, and for those that you know, the millennials that maybe are, are not aware of when music used to have guitar and drums in it. Um, real, real guitar and drums. Yeah. Real guitar and drums that there wouldn't, the way music was going that maybe it would have guitars wouldn't have come back because, you know, synth synthesizers and, and that sort of stuff was coming out at that time, you know, in the, the late eighties or sorry, late seventies, early eighties, and it was kind of going towards you might have a, a good bass groove and you're probably going to have, and that bass groove is probably played on a keyboard and the drums are programmed. But when Van Halen released 1984, it really brought guitar and drums, the rock sound back into music and made it huge. There wouldn't have been any hair metal or melodic you know, pop metal or whatever you want to call it. There would have been no Bon Jovi. There would have been no Cinderella. There would have been no Warrant or Poison or any of those bands. If not for Van Halen, they blew the door open. Cause at the time on radio, we talked about this before it was like Murray McLaughlin and Kenny Rogers and, you know, Gordon Lightfoot. And that was pretty much it. Like, Radio was going to a um, AOR style, like uh, adult-oriented rock or whatever. You know, very mamby-pamby, you know. Popish more. But pop, but very mellow. Right. And the only thing that was, quote-unquote, hardcore, when it might have been something like a, like a Depeche Mode or Duran Duran. And, I mean, 
<laughs> you know, that's, that's not that heavy or that guitar driven. Right. But he revolutionized, you know, for the next 20 years, guitar was pre- predominantly on every single song on, on pop charts. Like it, it helped sync keyboards because a bit in a way. I don't know. What's your two cents on that? Well, it, it, it gave it a different dimension. It, just like guitar. I mean, he gave it a whole different dimension. It was, it was, it was almost like a parallel universe, but you know, it's, it's a little different from, you know, from your main stuff, but it was so different and inspiring to so many players that I think it woke up a lot of people um, at that time. And in any guitar player that you talk to uh, nine times out of 10, uh, I mean, a big influence is Van Halen. Uh, yeah. most i mean more for the let's say hair metal but more for the you know the 80s uh rock type people um would have been influenced more under under his style but yeah and uh, i noticed um on the site it had now the thing is years ago i believe mammoth was one of the bands that eddie uh was part of correct and yeah. it looks like um wolfie's I don't know if he's taken on the name Mammoth. I don't know if this is going to be his own baseline, maybe something that he's doing. Oh, I get uh, some clarification on it. He actually clarified it in the Stern thing, but okay. it's the name of his band, which he's had a band since 2018 and they, they were rehearsing and getting ready to go on the road. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to secure, you know, opening gig for somebody or whatever, but he was all prepared when he had to suddenly stop. So Mammoth the the name of the band is Mammoth WVH. That's the name of the band. Right. So yeah, but I mean that's a tribute to yeah, the first like band I could, was I, called Mammoth first. Oh, I was gonna say I, I I could see him building his own brand beside his dad's and like continue on the, the Van Halen, you know, uh, stuff that they're selling but also have say a sideline of, of his own, his own gear, like stuff that he himself oh would design. Yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, Eddie was an innovator and I can't see the sun being, you know, that far, far from the tree. Yep. Um, because he's very musically inclined as you, you know, as you could tell by just listening to that song. And I mean, he went on tour with them. So, I mean, he's, he's got the, he's got the chops, he's got the experience and now he's, uh, he's expanding. I have to say, and it's great to see. Well, we remember when we went to go see Van Halen the the last time when had Diamond Dave in there, right? And the shuffler. Um, was that <laughs> the shuffler? The shuffler. <laughs> yeah, the yeah the shuffleboard. Can you explain? The... Can you explain that, Todd, to the audience? I, I don't know if oh. people know of this or caught that on the videos, but maybe you well, can explain the uh, the shuffleboard. Well, the the last tour that they did, well, the one that we went to. Uh, when they were setting up the stage, they had almost like a uh, hardwood floor that they put on there that kind of clicked together, like, you know, that you'd make a hardwood floor with, right? Yep. And then after that, they put like shuffleboard powder or something, you know, oh, yeah, baby powder. powder or something <laughs> rather on there so that he could, he could you know, spin his, his ankles without having to, you know, lift his feet type thing. Uh, for his shuffles, it'd be kind of dangerous when he kind of did his high kick. Cause if you lose, you know, your footing, you end up, you know, you'll end up on your ass, but um, he, uh, yeah. So that, that was the, that was the shuffle stuff. <laughs> Do the dog town shuffle. Was that song you had? 
don't know if you remember that one. Uh, yeah, but I don't think they played that one. <laughs> no, they didn't play any <laughs> solo Dave. I actually went on a deep dive of uh, Diamond Dave last week. I think it was last week. Listening to um, like old, like we mean like skyscraper and I the I ignored Eat Him and Smile because you ignored it. Well, I ignored it because that's the one I've listened to the most. I know every note, every beat, every rhythm, every vocal, every line from that album, front to back. Just like you know, with all the Van Halen stuff, I've listened to that stuff to death. Mm-hmm. But I probably didn't give enough time to the other albums, so I decided to go through all the other albums except for Eat 'Em and Smile and and see see if I liked them or not. And I really like Skyscraper, <laughs> like a lot. Yes, it's very good. Um, I remember I, I remember having I had one of those well we didn't have Sony because we couldn't afford Sony but we had a Sanyo uh, Walkman type thing and i had i had that on there and i was listening to it while i was had, shoveling but you had wait you had skyscraper and cassette i believe so yeah oh, okay or was it eden and smile Jeez, i can't remember now i had one of them right like i had both of them at at one point whether or not it was when we were back east or not but i do remember shoveling snow with that in my ears and it's like god this stuff is good and that was the first time, I mean, Vi was in there. So it was like, well, is he going to be as good? And it was like, well, I played for Zappa. Okay, played for Alcatraz. But you didn't know what he was going to sound like with Van Halen. So. Did, you, did you know who Vi was at the time? Or was he just, he, he's this hotshot guitarist you kind of heard of, but never heard when he was in David Lee Roth? Well, like, was this a discovery for you? Well, when did Crossroads come out? Was that before or after Van Halen? I'm looking it up. Or sorry, David Lee Roth. What? What do you? What the first? Oh, the first movie that's going to come up. What do you think? Is it going to be the Ralph Macchio movie, or is it going to be the Britney Spears film? <laughs> the Britney Spears <laughs> film with Steve I. I took your no. The Crossroads of Britney Spears. I took your daughter to go see it for her birthday. Oh, the movie. Okay. Yeah. The other, the other the absolute movie. piece of trash. With the same with the same title. The movie that could be a comedy, but it's not. But your daughter, Danica, and I laughed our asses off through that entire film to the point that the fans <laughs> in the audience that were watching the movie were getting angry with us. Make more fun of the movie. It was hilarious. <laughs> Just like Mission yeah. Impossible 2, like one of the greatest comedies of all time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that one either. I, I saw that one in theaters and I laughed through the whole thing to the point that I annoyed people and they asked me to leave. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> but uh, you Take that, your that popcorn with you. <laughs> so oh, hang on. So I, yeah, I'm looking this up. So Crossroads was 1986. Eat them and smile. Okay, so it was it was probably after because we left, we moved here in '87. Oh yeah, you're right. And I'm sure Eat 'em and Smile and that and Skyscraper were before that because I think they were released before we moved here. Eat 'em and thought. okay, so Eat 'em and Smile released on July seventh, '86. '86. Ooh, okay. July and 86. Crossroads. What's it says '86. I'm just trying to see the release date. Maybe Skyscraper came out after I moved here. March 1986. What? Yeah, so Crossroads came out first. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Crossroads came out first. 
so yeah when i when i heard him play i went oh my god look at this guy's look at this guy go <laughs> it's like just effortless just effortless plus Did he you had see the crossroads in the theater you recall or was that just a straight vhs we just rented it and if we rented it on vhs it would have come out after eat him and smile it was vhs i believe and it's it was usually like six months after a movie is released or more back then so crossroads came out first but we probably saw it after post eat him and smile because did you did we not or did you because i think you bought like i said did you not buy eat him and smile kind of in and around the time that it actually came out Mm, most likely i think that was around that time you know what that was that was like eons ago i can't uh, that's too far and we moved in what year 87 87 yeah 87 well i graduated in 86 went back for more courses so i took uh three or four or five more courses in 87 oh wait you moved before i did though didn't you did you just to kind of kill time uh we no we both moved out here at the same time but then when mom and dad moved to montreal i stayed behind oh okay and then i think you went with them i'm bad with these timelines yeah, and I need a flow chart. Oh, I wasn't expecting the <laughs> <Yeah. a> quiz. <laughs> that's a, that's what mom, to... that's what mom was saying. Like I was talking to mom about stuff. She's like, I don't remember. Uh, skyscraper came out in eighty in twenty wait nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay, so it was a year after we moved here. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I that makes a lot of sense because I remember. But um, it, I, I love Eat Him and Smile a lot. And I didn't like Skyscraper as much back then. Because I think Eat Him and Smile was like, okay, this is a Van Halen record. Pretty much. Well, like, it was kind of to sh- show his chops and what he could do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he for what he showed. Because, I mean, I've listened to, to Steve Vai's solo albums. Um, well, Passion and Warfare is still my favorite. So when you listen to that and you listen to uh, Eat Him and Smile and Skyscraper, um, you know, you can tell that he has to rein back, right? Because Dave is the star. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, he can't be flashing everywhere, but I mean, he had his spots where he put his stuff and he put his influence and, you know, him and, and Billy Sheenan and they both working together. And they made it, I mean, they wanted to make it sound like this band had been together forever yes. and they were, and they were that tight. I mean, but they, they you, did a lot of like the contribution, you, like, did you look at the, the writing credits for Eat Him and Smile at all? No, no, I don't read that stuff. That was a band. No, that was totally a band. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was totally banned. So they shared. Um, in terms of financially, I, I don't know the writings, like the. But no, for writing, yeah, like well, let's look it up here. Eat them and smile. I have it up here. So. So, so it wasn't just a one of those gun gun for hire type deals. This was actually a paid gig, and it's like you know what, you're going to get royalties off of this. Well, this was this was the Roth and Vi album, really. Billy Sheen wrote one song. No co-writes at all. He wrote Elephant. one song, Billy Sheen did. Which one, Elephant Gun? <laughs> That's the one I would have thought. Uh, he actually wrote, that Shy Boy was a, was a Sheen song. Sing, oh. Single writing credit to Sheen. Wow. Um, and then Roth and Vi co-wrote one, two, three, four, five, six of the, the 10 songs. 
Wow. And then two of them were covers, Tobacco Road and That's Life. Right. He always slips a couple of covers in there. He likes the... Yeah. Oh, the, the, three covers, sorry. Yeah, three, three? covers. Yeah. What was I'm the easy. One? Baby, I'm easy, I'm easy, I'm easy, I'm an easy man. That one? Yep. Yeah, that's a cover. Hmm. Tobacco Road obviously is. That was a and, good tune. Yeah. They did it justice. Yeah. But uh, Skyscraper, I think for me now, is a better album. It's, it's I, I, I can go back to Eat Him and Smile, have a good time, and then when I'm done, I'm done. But I find when I listen to Skyscraper, I actually want to put it back on right afterwards again. There's more nuance in Skyscraper, I think, uh, for me. Okay. So. There's a little more depth to it? A little more depth. There's this, I find Skyscraper is really, um, has a lot more viisms on it, but it's a restrained vi. It still gets some weird shit like what he did on Flexible, his album Flexible. Like, mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of that weird, you can't, like, Flexible was freaking weird. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're going to disagree with me on that. To, to the point to where I think I listened to it once and then that yeah. was enough for me. I was able to get it through, get through it a few times, but it was, it was very interesting. But on, so on Skyscraper, I'm just looking at the credits here. All songs written by David Lee Roth and Steve Vai, unless otherwise noted. Hmm. So I find, I think Steve Vai, like other than Passion Warfare, Passion Warfare is, is freaking brilliant album. Definitely. Like, it's brilliant. It was, he captured lightning in a bottle. He was able to somehow have restraint that it just didn't end up being like some weird flexible thing. It was just, it was lightning. It was just perfect confluence of energies or, or whatever. And maybe I'm getting goosebumps I, I think, just thinking about it really. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean it, that, that album, it, when I listened to it, like a lot of songs just, it almost like it, it grabbed you by the soul. Yeah, you know, type of type of thing, and it was you know very deep, and, and he was able to portray that, and uh, that's that's quite the uh, quite the accomplishment. Even without lyrics, you could feel almost feel what the song was about. That's oh, it was better genius. better without. It was better yeah. without lyrics. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I've heard some of the stuff that he's done, you know, with other people singing and whatnot. I mean, it's fine, but it's not the same. No, no. The album he did after had vocals. He hired a vocalist. Yeah, it it's like you're you're it's like sitting in a bath, right? Okay, say you know salt water where you float on top, or we'll say one of those uh, those chambers they put you in, where you uh, oh yeah, like those echo chamber or what is it called an echo? No, no, it's uh, where you're lying in the water de- deprivation sleep de- chamber. Yeah. I was gonna say it. sleep deprivation, <laughs> not <laughs> sleep. Not what but, it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, just kind of floating there, and all of a sudden someone turns a drill on, so it's like. You're nice and relaxed, and all of a sudden somebody starts singing. It's like, mm, no, yeah, yeah. For I me, brought, for I, his the, playing, that album, that was the first. I think I could be wrong. Like, you know, don't quote me on this, but I believe, if not the first, one of the few. Um, at the time, I think it was the only instrumental album to go platinum, which was which is a feat. Yeah, not many of them go platinum. What's that? Not many of them go platinum, especially no, I, just the instrumentals, yeah. 
So it was, I mean, it was genius. Like, but what, I guess what I was, what I was going to say was, I think his time, Vi's time in with David Lee Roth, I think really taught him that it's not always the notes you play. Sometimes it's the, it's the silence between the notes that matters. Oh, it's, it's a whole package. Yeah. It's a whole package. I mean, things you can't really, it's like some people who are very good speakers um, and, and they could, you know, either motivate you or lull you to sleep, like whatever it is they want to do, they'll do it. And that's what he did with his music. If he wanted to make you feel sad or if he wanted to make you feel excited or if he wanted to get you to regress back to when you're two years old, you know, type of thing. It was, it just, it's just amazing. Yep. I think I got to dig up passion warfare. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you then. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back and listen to passion warfare. Cause I haven't listened to it in a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and listen to it for you, <laughs> but I challenge you to go listen to skyscraper again. Skyscraper. Okay. Oh, Dave. I have a, I, I was going to say, um, sorry. I didn't want to. No, that's fine. Skyscraper. Uh, last podcast, we discussed about a movie that, that I was going to watch. Oh yeah. Uh, because you were talking about, uh, this, this was a suspenders with the little yeah, things the, on the flare, the flare. Yes. Yeah, the flare, yes. yes. Yeah. So I watched the movie actually. You did. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I did watch the movie and I went, ah, that's what he was talking about. The flare. <laughs> An early thinking, Jen Aniston. Yeah. I didn't. Well, and I didn't even realize she was in it. No, no. This is very early in her career. I, I don't know if it predates friends or she was when she was trying to launch into a film career outside of friends. Maybe I, I don't know the timing, but so what'd you think? It was an awesome movie. It was a very good movie. Very good movie. You saw all the memes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think I've seen it. I mean, I may have seen it before, but I don't know if I was totally attentive on the movie originally Mm -hmm. when I saw it. So, I mean, there's a couple of parts went, yeah, I think I kind of remember this, but I didn't remember, you know, the whole, the whole shebang at the time. So who knows what, what year would that come out? Did that come out on? I don't know. It was like 1990 or something or 1989. No, it was not. It was somewhere in the nineties because I was going to include that in our, um, the episode we did uh, with the real debaters and get that stuff done. Cause I kind of want it done, you know, on my desk Monday morning. Um, oh, and you may want to have to come in Sunday too. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you just want to mm, just you know give him one. <laughs> I had um I had a boss that had the same delivery as him. Oh, really? Exactly the same delivery as him. Yeah, and um he got busted smoking pot pot in the work parking lot. And pot was illegal. <laughs> it was awesome. Who busted and, him? Uh, I don't know. It was like one of the other managers who caught him and. And you put together a good mix of songs, you know, stuff that I should probably be hearing or whatever. So I used to make mixes for people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I made one, it was called Hulk smash hits. <laughs> it had a picture of Lou Ferrigno on the cover in his green makeup. And uh, I, I had some really good songs in there. Anyway, so this boss, my, my version of Lumber, is it Lumberg? Is that, is that right? Lumberg? I think it was Lumberg, yeah. Yeah, my version of Lumberg came over to my desk and goes, disc, is this? I said, oh, I make mixes, you know, and this is a mix. That's clever. 
very clever hulk smash hits yeah very clever i was waiting for him to say ask me to work overtime <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah about that <laughs> so he borrowed so so the, like this, the way the story goes is he borrowed this he borrowed this cd that i made so i, I gave him a copy because i had made a bunch uh, I made a bunch. The dog's crying now. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, I, I made a I made a bunch, so I gave him one, or I lent I, I lent him a copy, mm-hmm. and I guess that's what he was listening to in his car when he got caught smoking pot. <laughs> I was just gonna say, was is that what he was listening to yeah. when he got caught? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. Must have been a good mix. It was a good mix, man. Like, um, <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll share. Uh, I shared it on Instagram once upon a time, but I'll, maybe I'll share that mix I made again. And I'm going to be clear, all those mixes that I made back then, every single song was purchased. Either bought it from iTunes digitally, or I'd somehow find the cassette or CD well, this, or whatever. This was before iTunes, I think. Some was of it, it was, yeah. 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 Well, mind you, it was a CD. It wasn't an actual cassette but you used to make cassettes prior to the cds yeah but i used to use cassettes also to put stuff onto a cd right that was a little tedious because you'd have to hit play and then record and you'd have to listen to it and wait till it's it finished yeah but then they had the programs that had the little algorithm that said when there was a pause silence for longer than two seconds that was the end of the song and then it would kind of clip them all separately yeah yeah so, um, what else can we say about Office Space? What do you think about Michael Bolton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a name! Uh, growing up with that name, uh, yeah. It, uh, it. I've never seen The Office, which is the well that series on TV mm-hmm. with Carell. But and I and I remember, you know. I think maybe seeing the um, the cover for the VHS for that movie Office Space when it came out, but yeah, you know, like I said, I, I don't think I don't think I'd seen seen it before. But it was the uh, yeah, it was definitely a good movie. It's good movie. It was a good feel good movie at the end. So what would be the so so let's spin this into if this was a 2020 movie, Michael Bolton, the character, right. who would be the equivalent nowadays? Would it be Michael Bublé or would like, who, who would you, who, who would you, who is it that would, if someone, if your name was that person's name, that you'd be super annoyed. Aren't, oh, I'm a big fan. You must love his music. Oh, be? Who do you, you think? know what? I've, I've got the, I've got the guys. No, no, I don't know. Maybe it make, maybe it's Michael Bolton. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'd be going with Sam Smith. I think that'd be Sam Smith. Yeah, probably don't even know who it is, but well, I don't know. well, if you're gonna pick a name, <laughs> and it's gonna well, be no, well like known. Sam Smith is perfect, right? The reason I say that is Sam Smith. How generic? Like generic first name, generic last name, super generic. There's a there's a director named Sam Smith, and I remember when everyone was popping about oh that song by that Sam Smith. I'm like, he's making music now. I saw you know I've seen a bunch of his movies. He's making music now, and they're like, 
he directs too? That's what people were telling me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't Sam Smith. This is like some musician guy. They're like, no, that's Sam Smith. I'm like, I don't know who Sam Smith is. Does he play guitar? Does he play drums? He's a singer. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I kind of fell off the wagon. See, now if your name was like Dwayne Johnson or something like that, yeah, and you worked in an office, nobody, oh, oh there's a good one. Pretty cool. <laughs> are you related to him? No, it's not even. That Why are you work. asking me that? <laughs> that would work. That, that would so work. work. You yeah. must love wrestling then. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Just because my name is that, I must love everything about it. You could do that. And everyone would start doing like wrestling impersonations and none of them would be the rock. It'd either be like Macho Man or Hulk Hogan or the warrior or whatever. Like, oh, come okay, on, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. You can hear my wrestling. You can hear my version of Randy Macho Man Savage or something. That'd be awesome. Well, everybody was, walks up to you. They give you that one eye that kind of goes cockeyed when he, when he looks at you funny. How would you replace a lumber? What, what, what version? How would you recast Lumberg like what so it wouldn't be the same sort of character probably be a little bit different but who would who would you have as Lumberg like not an equivalent but a new 2020 version I have one you go Steve Carell that's pretty on the nose yeah I could see him doing it I could see him dressed up that way I can see him talking that way yeah or 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 a direct well I will call it direct replacement but I mean, if you want to get fun with it, you could say, you know what, um, Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, like the, the in a suit in a yes, suit. Yes, but the, the boring, the like the bo- the not the boring version, but like the Vincent Fernier or whatever version of Alice Cooper, because he can play square really well. He's mm-hmm. done it before. Like if you saw him in, um, do you remember Wayne's World Two when they finally get to meet Alice Cooper, or was that Wayne's World One or Wayne's World Two? Yeah, yeah. They meet him and they First start talking. And he starts talking. He's like, yes. And then the square, I don't know. I can't remember the thing, but he's just they're, they're talking. Calling, talking intellectually. Yes. Very intellectually. Yes. And it was like, oh, he's then the other band members kind of join in. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is like the twilight zone. Yeah. That yeah. actually, I like that. I was going to say, you'd probably get like a, a Donald Trump impersonator to play. Lumber. Oh, geez. You know? Yeah. But that's probably too controversial. I don't know. I wouldn't. Trump, Trump would take offense <laughs> and sue because that's what he does. Uh, he doesn't really ask for anything. He just kind of demands for it. So he, he doesn't really, you wouldn't really fit the profile. Who would you put in the, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting all the names now. I wasn't totally prepared. Let me look it up here. Office space. IMDb. Who who would you put in the uh, the role of? Um, oh my God, my computer's still loading here. I apologize. Uh, the main character. Yeah, Peter. Hmm. Who would you pick? I keep thinking of other actors, but they're probably not young enough. But I keep going to like like a Ferris Jason Bueller. Bateman or um, John Cusack. But I mean, I think they're maybe too old for the role. You know, maybe um, Chris Pratt. Yes. Parks and Recreation. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Chris Pratt. That would work. Yep. I can see that. I think that would be good. Um, what about. Oh my God. Who's the. Um... Cause he could probably add a spin to it and put his own personality into it. Yeah. 
Uh, the guy with the state. Oh my god, I can't remember. What's the guy's name with the stapler? <laughs> what, the, what, the, what is his name? Oh, I can't remember. His oh my name. god, Milton. 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 Yeah, that's his, it. Office Space was, I think, based on a, a comic strip called Milton, which was like sort of like um, a Dilbert uh, kind of. It was like Dilbert, but different. That's uh, that's uh, my my stapler. <laughs> the red stapler yeah that that's 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 See, steve carell i think would be good for that in a kind of an understated role i think i'd like to see him do that uh, steve carell or um jim um, carrey oh my god yeah <laughs> um the stoner neighbor uh, what was that guy's name now Not Greg Pitts, You're talking about in the actual movie? In the actual movie. Diedrich Bader. It was Lawrence. Remember the next door neighbor, the paper thin walls? Yes. With the handlebar mustache. The and handlebar the... mustache. Yes. Think... Actually, Jim Carrey in that role would be pretty cool too. But you could probably use, um... oh my God, what's the... Yosemite uh, Sam. <laughs> I can't think now. I'm failing on names here. But I, I think, uh, and I mean, the Jennifer Aniston role, I think you could probably pump that up a bit and maybe uh, use somebody like. Well, do you find that's a universal role where you could put anybody in? Or do you it think is, that she would have done it? But I think. I think, I think it'd be she interesting to 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 not go with um, someone as flat, maybe like like a Melissa McCarthy in that role or something, or someone a bit more, you know, with some more flair. A little, yeah, more flair, but in the personality, because Jen, for yeah. instance, kind of stock. Is that the right word? Stock. Yeah, and like, I don't know if that's she's pretty. She's, you know, was that the script they wrote? that was like that or did she kind of that's how she kind of portrayed it in her own view mm. good, now if good. melissa mccarthy took it would she have changed a few things would they give her uh, creative liberties to be able to expand on the character do they do that during the readings to see if they can kind of expand on the character like when they make a movie it would be interesting to see how they go from start to finish. Cause I mean, you have a script and then you have the characters and you have the basic, you know, this is your character. This is how old you are. This is where you live. This is your yeah. job. This is, you know, you've given the whole background of the character, right? How much actual or, or at all do they give in creating the character? Like how, how much input is there? I think in a movie like this one, I think there was very little. Right. Honestly, that's yeah, that's possible because the director has his own vision of what he wants to see. Yeah, I'm, I mean, none of these actors were. I'm not going to say they were small actors, but they weren't. They didn't have to. This wasn't like Jim Carrey coming into a movie, or this wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger say coming into a movie where okay, all of a sudden, or Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, suddenly he's from Quebec. The characters all of a sudden from <laughs> Quebec. Everybody's and, uh, going, where the hell's Quebec? He was a, for, he was a former kickboxer. And, is that you in know, Europe somewhere? Is that, is that in Paris? No, <laughs> Quebec. But, Paris, Quebec. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think you could remake this movie if you were smart about it. Like, and, and I think Melissa, I think Melissa McCarthy is incredibly underrated as an actress. Mm-hmm. I think they just, you know, the crazy, the crazy lady from, you know, all these movies that she's in, mm-hmm. but she actually has like some really good acting chops. Like, um, I'm a fan of Ghostbusters, like the the remake or whatever you want to call it. The I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen. I it. really like it, and my kids love it. Like they really? watch this movie. Oh yeah, they watch this movie, and they're running around pretending to be Ghostbusters. Is it had some very positive. I mean, I think the audience they were looking for was younger, younger ladies. I think, you know, like I, I having, think. Without even watching the movie, I think that's what they were kind of going for, to yeah. give to give um, to give the females more of a leading role. Uh, yeah, but I, I I like that in a film. Like there were there were four characters. They weren't four women playing Ghostbusters. It was four characters, and what I mean by that is a lot of times, like the Jennifer Aniston role in Office Space, it's a stock female character they're the love interest they're they're pretty they're like they're they're they don't have dimension like they're written that way they're written very stock but like when ghostbusters there were four characters and they happened to be women and they didn't have a lot of tropes to them that were stock if that's the right word but they were interesting and they had personalities and you know they weren't there wasn't the pretty one. There wasn't the dumb one. There wasn't the, like, it wasn't like that. It was actually real, like realistic characters, which I don't know, which is why I like Ghostbusters so much. And the same thing with the original Ghostbusters, it wasn't stock characters there in the original either. Like that's none of those are sci-fi characters. No, sci-fi movie. And none of those are sci-fi characters. And there were like three main characters. It wasn't like, well, you know, Bill Murray's gonna be the main character or Dan Aykroyd's gonna no, it was kind of, you know, everyone had their own kind of yeah uh, part to play. And 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 I'm sure the second one was the same way. Yep. You know, rigged in that way where everyone was kind of a main character. That might be one I'll have to try and uh try and watch. I I know it gets a lot of it gets slammed a lot, but the the reasons it gets slammed is not valid. So Oh, okay. It gets slammed because well, the Ghostbusters are chicks. Okay, can you give me a, a, a real reason that this movie's not good? Well, Ghostbusters aren't meant to be women. I mean, come on. Okay, do you have a valid argument? I'm still waiting I, for it. I, I think the reason why they're saying that is because if you take a movie that has certain characters, even if you had two women and a guy or two guys and a woman or three men or three, as soon as you mix up the actual uh, cast, it, it's it's not. They don't view it as the same movie anymore, because say the the main character, uh, say you watched, uh, 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 what's it called? <laughs> we were talking about it the other day. I had a brain fart. Um, Terminator Two. Oh yeah, okay. Okay. Say say Terminator Two. Instead of being Arnold, because Terminator One was Arnold, instead of instead of that, say Terminator Two ended up being say Lou Frigno, for example. Sure. Okay, took his place. It's like, well, it's not the same. 
Like you're expecting a sequel of the original. And in that aspect, I can, I can see like they didn't take the main characters. Like if you would have taken the original cast and made a sequel, which in the past, that's normally what they do because they try and ride the success of the first movie. Mm -hmm. And because Ghostbusters when it was made in what 80, when was it made? Early 80s, right? Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. So now those characters have obviously aged <laughs> over time and running around in the streets and, and doing all these activities may not be in their physical um, wheelhouse at the moment. So they went with different characters and they, and they, and they spun it in a whole different you know, in a different manner that way. I don't know if the movie kind of follows uh, the original Ghostbusters and just kind of a Ghostbusters 2.0 in this day and age, or I think or, yeah, it was it was kind of like that. I think it was just a well, you you, you have to go, you have to see it. It it, it was a reimagining of it in right. modern age, and it's like they just swapped the characters for for ladies mm-hmm. because I think they they just wanted to see if they could maybe capture that side of the audience. Cause the first movie, I, I don't know how much of a female audience it has, but I mean, it is kind of, it's pretty much a guy film, I guess. I mean, it's a four, four guys like the three main ghostbusters and then Ernie Hudson, who's kind of like the tag along character. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it, it's a bunch of dudes chasing ghosts. So it's not very female centric. Okay. So if, I mean, Say, for example, they would have taken that movie, and just like any other movie, when they start changing the characters, it, it just it's not the same movie anymore. If they would have taken, say, the okay, so originally it was three guys. Second movie, say they would have taken three guys again, but totally three different people. Yeah, I mean, it would not have interest. It would not have interested me whatsoever. No, no. because they did the twist with the women instead of the guys. That's a whole different angle now. Yeah. So now the plot's going to be different. Something's going to be different because now you're thinking, you know, they're going to have to go on a different route just because, I mean, just the gender alone, they would have, you know, maybe written the movie a little differently, which would have kind of piqued your interest. So definitely I, I might actually take a, take a watch. So not knowing anything, so there is a new Ghostbusters movie being either being made or it's partially filmed or, or whatever without knowing anything about the new one what do you think they could do to the Ghostbusters premise to come up with something new? So let's see how close you get to what they're actually doing. Okay. I personally, I like sequels that have the original characters. Now I understand that, that, that's not a possibility with, with, with the second one they've done. But if you go from the second to the third and use the same characters that were in the second into the third, have cameos of people from the first one in the movie, I think that would probably work well uh, because they've already done the Ghostbusters uh, one and two. Uh, I'm just wondering oh, what type of route they would go for the third one in the writing aspect of it. Well, Don't forget there was two Ghostbusters movies in the 80s. There's Ghostbusters one, and two? one and yeah, there was Ghostbusters one and two. So the one they did in 2015 or 2016 or whatever it was, that was kind of a reboot or a Ghostbusters three, I guess, if you want to call it that. So, so when you're saying a second film and having cameos, you would have the ladies from the, the reboot. 
Is that what you mean by cameos? No, I mean the cameos from the originals. Okay. Just have them as, who knows, storekeepers or something, something in there that, you know, they weren't obviously in the first one because the main characters have taken those roles, but um, like a secondary character, like just say, you know, they walk into a store and the guy behind the counter, hey, look, it's, you know, such and such from the first one. That make, uh, am I even close? <laughs> okay, I'm actually Did they use the same characters or they did just say, you know what, we're going to change it yet again? Uh, and do a whole bunch of, they'll have Ghostbusters 26 and each one will have different characters in each one. And then they'll have, you know, they'll have a vault and they'll go and then they'll measure which ones were the better ones from, you know, one to 10. Well, uh, Ghostbusters uh, 12 was better than Ghostbusters uh, 9. Kind of like a Rocky movie. Okay. So here is, okay. So there, okay. I'm just, I'm just pulling it up on Wiki, Wikipedia because I might get some of the, some of the facts wrong. So, oh, I'm sure I got all the facts. <laughs> so <laughs> let's we'll see how close, let's see how close you were, though. This this will be fun. We'll see how close you were. Okay. So it's called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, it was also called Ghostbusters Legacy. It's also called Ghostbusters from Beyond. Um. Now this one's directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan. Okay. Ivan before you go did. further, now yeah. now now I'm I'm starting to. Wheels are starting to turn in now. So say the Ghostbusters. Okay, so the ghosts in the past have come here. So did to they find time. to this time? So did they say, you know what? We've done this time every time. Why don't we go into their time? Almost so alternate like timeline sort of thing? Into their universe. Okay. Instead of them coming into ours. Is that even close? Oh, so you mean, wait, so the ghosts, wait, you're saying the Ghostbusters would go to the ghost side? Well, say there's that'd a, be an interesting I, premise. I don't want to say wormhole, but say there's, there's a way for them to teleport themselves or somehow get into their land sure. to find out, like, say there was a, say how they got into ours, someone finds an amulet or, I don't know, some weird prop that they would use in the movie to say, Oh, this is how they were able to get from their universe to ours and then kind of reverse engineer it to be able to go from our universe to their universe, kind of like a portal. That's, that's an interesting theory. Or you could just write it, a whole it, movie about it. <laughs> it is weird how the, the female led one is it's almost like a parallel universe retelling of the story. A lot of the same things are there. The it's just come out in the end. Yeah, he, like he shows up. Oh. <laughs> Stay puff marshmallow man. But so well, but this one, okay, so this characters. one uh, I'm I'm going to read the Now was it a uh, male puff character or was it a female puff character? Uh, I think it was just generic, like it was the same one. Okay, so here here's the premise of this new one. Didn't have extra marshmallows. Okay, after being evicted from their from their home, two mm -hmm. children and their single mother moved to a farm in Somerville, Oklahoma, inherited from their late grandfather. When the town experiences a series of unexplained earthquakes, the children discover their families linked to the original Ghostbusters who have become something of a myth as many have long since forgotten the events of the Manhattan cross rip of 1984 and mm -hmm. the secret legacy that their grandfather left behind. And who is their grandfather? Jeez, uh, I don't know. Who's playing the or, grandfather? Obviously one of the main characters from the Can original. Because he'd be that old now. Yeah. 
Uh, trying to see if it says anything here. Can you remember the guy's name with the glasses? Uh, is that the guy that passed away? But interestingly enough, um, Bill Murray yep. is in this. Okay. Dan Aykroyd is in this. Okay. And Ernie Hudson. So they're and, all back. So they're all back in. Right. The one, the guy with the glasses, he passed away. Okay. So the the true scientist of the group, I guess, or one of the true scientists of the group. So Ernie Hudson's the new guy. Well, Ernie Hudson was in the original. Oh, what the hell? He was the fourth man. He was, was there four? Yeah, there's four. He was. What are you thinking? He, there's three. He was part of the Ghostbusters. But he was almost <laughs> like a, an ancillary character, sort of. He was kind of hired after the fact, sort of like there was the th- the group of three, and he was kind of hired to join the team, but he wasn't part of the the trio of people. I guess Nepotism. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. But here's so they so they get the originals back everyone that's still living they brought mm-hmm. they brought back Sigourney Weaver okay okay uh, Annie Potts who was the secretary okay or the person who answered the phones or, or whatever mm-hmm. and the the cast is it looks like it's a bunch of kids like well, younger it's grand, kids it's the grandkids yeah but it also has Paul Rudd in it which he's one of the dads or he must be so. Yeah, hmm. he'd he'd be maybe the son of, of um. My God, why am I forgetting the names of the characters here? Okay, Peter Vankman was Bill Murray. Dan Aykroyd was Ray. Harold Ramis was Egon. Egon, that's what it was. Egon was the guy with the glasses, and Ernie Hudson was Winston Zeddemore. Wow. Oh. Yeah. I mean, and when is this coming out or is it out already? Well, it was supposed to come out summer 2020. So, uh, <laughs> so everything's kind of on hold. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, here we go. It was originally scheduled to be released on July 10th, 2020, but it was delayed to March 2021 due to the impact of COVID. So right. it's actually finished. So that's good to know. But I don't know. I'm excited. I'd go see it. Yeah. But, well, I got to see the the last one. Well, go see it. Yeah. See the last one. I, we, maybe we can talk about it. I, I've actually just recently rewatched it because the kids watched all of the Ghostbusters movies. Like all of them because they're all on Netflix now. So oh, went through all of them. And I think oh, is the last one? Is the last one on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yep. So I'll be able to watch it without having to try to look for it. Now, are you a Melissa McCarthy fan at all? Yep. Yeah, I we we had we kind of make a point if she's in the movie we'll go see it. And a bad Melissa McCarthy movie is still good. It's like pizza. <laughs> like okay, yeah, maybe that's Did you see Bridesmaids? Oh god, yeah. And when <laughs> they're in the bathroom. Yep. Birds at bird. Look away, look away. <laughs> <laughs> and her um, face is just beat red. She's she's genius. Like she is pure freaking genius. The movie where she stole the guy's identity and yeah. he's trying to track her down and she plays this 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 tough woman. We own so many of her movies, it's ridiculous. Mm. Um and I like her husband is in he tends to be in a bunch of with her, yeah. Yeah, they, they tend to do them together. Yeah. 
Now that's a that's a power couple there. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what what is my favorite movie she's done. Like I, I don't even know. <gasps> I didn't know this. Um, they're remaking the Little Mermaid, right? The Disney version, like the Little Mermaid, is a live action film. Okay. She's in it, and she's playing Ursula. No. Ah, she would do well. Uh, she would do well. I could see her being wicked. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, she's very uh, talented for sure. And did you? She did that happy, the Happy Time Murders. Did you see that one? That was with all the Muppets. I no, I don't think so. A rated R Muppet movie. No. Oh god, you got to see it. It's awesome. <laughs> She plays a Muppet or she's no, kind no. of a guest she's one on the, of the show? Humans. Uh, she teams up with, uh, she gets teamed up with a Muppet detective. Oh, is this like of, a, like a Roger Rabbit type of type of, yeah, part, but Muppets instead of animated part, part animated part. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's awesome. Oh God. She's, she's so good. Like she's been, and my wife discovered her from Gilmore girls, which, which is yeah, just, that's what she was on. Yeah, she was the cook, right? Yeah, the friend, her friend, the cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you now that you mentioned that, yep. All right. Well, I think we're gonna tap it, cap it off here. It's I gotta go put the kids to bed. Alrighty. Go play some video games and go kill some zombies. I think. All right. And uh, go play some Grand Theft Auto or some Hitman Two. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, where can you find us, Todd? You can find us at, uh, if, you, if you like websites, there's one called seanmcginnity.ca. So that's S-E-A-N-M-C-G-I-N-I-T-Y. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the place to go. You dot, can dot .ca. Don't forget it's .ca. If you try yeah. .com, I don't think anything will come up. Have you ever tried .com? See what shows yeah, up? Yeah, nothing. Nothing? <laughs> I, it keeps trying to redirect to Sean McGinty. Who is the famous footballer? Oh, yeah. Okay. I wonder how many people have looked him up and found you. Ah, uh, I'll Probably. take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can also find that on on the website. You can get the podcast there, but you can also link to Todd's videos. There's a section there called Todd Todd Geek. You can see Todd playing guitar and teaching well. people some tech stuff. That's right from the website. You can listen to our former band Dome. Uh, and other music that we've recorded. You can, yeah, lot, uh, lots of links there. Yeah. yeah, you can go to Meet the Geeks, which is Corey, a uh, friend of the show. Um, you can go see his stuff from there. You can get mm-hmm. everywhere from the website. So just head on over there or look up Sean Geek Podcast on your favorite podcast player or on your favorite social media outlet at Sean Geek Podcast. There you go. All right. We'll Sweet. see you guys on the flip side. All righty. Later. I talk to you later.